just upon us right now. We thank you for your presence this afternoon, oh God. And Lord, it is only you, Lord, can satisfy us. And our hearts, Lord, always cling unto you, oh God. We thank you for the wonderful worship. Um, I'd like to request everyone to Good afternoon. So I'm not here to preach, <laughs> just to clarify. <laughs> so I have a few. We have a few announcements before we do the service. Um, firstly, or <laughs> I would like to remind everyone that the service starts at. Two o'clock, thank you. So again, invite your friends, invite your sisters, your brothers, invite your classmates, your workmates. Service starts at 2 p.m. And next is, we finally have our own bank account. Yay! <laughs> so on your screen, we can see that um, you can um, deposit your tithes and offerings in our East-West Bank. The account number is on your screen right now. You could take a picture if you want to. Or for those who question, we don't have bank account at How can I put my tithes and offering? We have an offering box right there with the <laughs> behind behind the door. <laughs> so that is not a stall stall and that is the tithes and offering box. So it's I would really encourage you to give your tithes and offerings. I have been a living testimony of you know, the disobedience with the tithes and the struggle. Watch God. If you want to see how God will bless you, like in doing miracles and all those stuff, you tithe. <laughs> it is hard, but you tithe. You can never outgive the Lord. So that's it. Any more? Okay, I'll, I'll give the mic to Pastor Lloyd before I give preaching. <laughs> Let's give Kim... A round of applause. <laughs> and also, thank you for the musicians. So, how are you today? Great and wonderful and beautiful. You are all beautiful here and handsome. Amen. Anak in Mark. Thank you very much. Uh, today, I have a very wonderful sharing for every one of us. First, we need to define superstition. Superstition, a belief or practice resulting from ignorance, fear of the unknown, trust in the magic or chance, or false conception and causation. Before I, when I become a Christian, I had a lot of superstition. Who among you here? Maybe like the number 13. 
I'm very afraid of the number 13. If there's a numbering, then I fall to number 13. I don't want to accept that number because it's bad luck. That's superstition. Even in the building before, there is no 13th floor. Matingala ka, wala may 13th floor. It's 14th floor. Because they believe it's uh, bad luck. Not even knowing why. No. I, for me, it is just passed to me. I just receive it without researching it. Why? Because of fear. No, it just registered automatically in my system. No. But when I research in YouTube, it shows that it is from. Do you know the number 13? It is from the Last Supper. They taking that from the Last Supper. Where there were how many disciples? 12. And Jesus is the number 13. And Jesus was crucified. <laughs> See, it's so, it's so funny. If you don't know, if you don't research it, then you will believe that. <laughs> That's, that's what they believe. How crazy is that? So, then, do you believe it's really unbelievable? Another, another thing, black cats. <laughs> is it also true in, in India, this belief? <laughs> Black cats, if you, if you have a very important walk or appointment, then on your way, you see a black cat. Okay, okay you run away from the black cat, right? <laughs> okay, so, and also in the, Philipp in the Philippines, we knock on the wood. Why? Or some wooden uh, furnitures. Why? Because so that bad things will not happen to us. Sometimes we are talking about things that are so bad, then we are afraid that it will happen to us. They will knock on something wood. Simbako palayo. And when you eat to others' person, home or house, you are, are not allowed to Wash the dishes. Have you experienced that? Because why? What is the reason? You will not come back. <laughs> because it's also bad luck. Example, birthday. How many of you here uh, was invited to a birthday? The pancit is always there. Yeah, we believe that pancit will give us long life. I don't know why. <laughs> you just eat the pancit, <laughs> the noodles. Okay. So how about be careful on showing fondness on over babies? No? So kay mabuyagan. Minita, uy buyag, uy buyag. It's very cute. 
Then the mother was saying, no, no, buyag, buyag, it's birnis naman. <laughs> it's Friday. So, the baby will be sick. So, in the, also in the house, if you miss something and you cannot find it, who to blame? Oh, the windy. <laughs> we, we blame the dwarf that we believe is living or hiding our stuff in the house. Who among you here in 1990s? Red horoscope. <laughs> yeah, I always, I used to read horoscope to avoid this person, this kind of person, to avoid this place, this place. This is really uh, unbelievable for me before I become a Christian. So, today, when I become Christian, I throw all those superstitious beliefs. So, after I acknowledge Christ as my Lord and Savior, no, my belief changes. My perspective in life changes. I throw all those superstitious beliefs for the reason that this is not come from the Bible. That after the Bible study, after Bible study, that's why it's very important to attend Bible study. You know, it, God reveals to me who He is and what He is like. We can learn from the Bible enough information about God. Although the Bible is not a complete have a complete information about God, God give us enough information for us not to be ignorant to Him. Like, God is infinite. He is self-existing without origin. Di siya binuhat. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 17, and He is before all things, and Him things were together. In Number two, God is immutable. He never changes. Number three, God is self-sufficient. He has no needs. He exists. In, in John chapter 5, verse 26, it says, For as the Father has life in himself, so he granted the Son also to have life in himself. God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. No one on earth is more powerful than God. If you believe that God is powerful, it's very important. You will not, your faith will not be like a wave tossed by the wind. You will have a strong stand, a firm foundation of your faith. God is all-powerful. God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. He knows what you are thinking, what's in your heart. God is omnipresent. He is always everywhere. Remember this, especially the things. In Psalms chapter 139, verse 7, verses 7 to 10, 10, it says, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed on shell, behold, you are there. 
if I take my, I take the wings of the dawn, and if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there you, your hand will lead me, and your right hand will lay hold of me. God is omnipresent, present everywhere. God is wise. God is wise. He, this is also very important to know that He is full of perfect and unchanging wisdom. No one on the earth is wiser than God. God is faithful in His promises. God is faithful. He is infinitely and unchangingly true. God is good. God is good all the time. And God is just. He is infinitely unchangeable and perfect in all he does. In chapter 23, in Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 4, it says, The rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are just. A God of faithfulness and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. God is merciful. He is infinitely unchangeable, compassionate, and kind. God is gracious. God is infinitely inclined to spare the guilty. In Psalms 145 verse 8, it said, The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and in loving kindness. He loves us. God is loving. God indefinitely unchanging, indefinitely unchangingly loves us. His love never changed. God is holy. He is infinitely unchanging and perfect. God is gracious. He is infinitely beautiful and great. In Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 4, it says, His radiance is like the sunlight. He has a rays flashing from his hand. And there is the hiding of his power. Why am I telling all, all these things today? Because so that we can have a good grasp. And who is God? Who, who is the person that we believe in? Who is our God? So that we are not guessing. We are not grasping like we are grasping in the dark. We are firm on who really God is. And we are sure on what we believe. That is our God. Have you ever been, a, uh, been to a superstitious belief? I know it is just normal for us Filipinos to have a superstitious because of our culture. I know that you can identify what have been true. So if I, I think if I call you today to come here to tell your story, I'm, I'm sure you have a lot of story to tell about superstitious. But my friend, when I become a born again Christian, I let go of the superstitious belief because I know who my God is. That I am serving. Do you know 
the God you are serving right now? Do you believe all the 15 characteristics of God that I mentioned earlier? We need to have a good grasp on who our God is. So no one will let, lead us astray. Not just know, but also believe in it. So that we will know how to worship God and serve Him. Not according to our own knowledge. But according to His word. The title of our sharing today is Catch the Gospel. We need to have a good grip of the gospel so that we'll be effective in sharing the gospel of Christ. We gather Sunday, every Sunday, no, not to stay the same. We are not here to pasino the chair. No, every Sunday, no. We are here to move according to His will. We are here to grow from glory to glory. In Romans chapter 1, verse 6, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power. Say, power. power. You look at the person beside you, say, power. power. Or behind you. <laughs> it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentiles. In this church, we have a Jew. Where is Pastor Jason? We are all Gentiles. <laughs> Today, we will learn more about the gospel and hoping everyone will catch it or have a better understanding of the gospel that will lead us to be more inspired to share the gospel. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for this day, O oh God, that we can, Lord, learn more about your word, O oh Father God. I pray for everyone, O oh God, Lord, uh, give us an open heart, an open mind, an open mind, O oh Father God, Lord. Lord, I pray for your Holy Spirit, O oh Father God, dwell in this place and fill this place, O oh Father God, Lord. Lord, fill us today with your word, O oh God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, and also with your spirit, O oh God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Our verse is from Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Again, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to every one who believes. First to the Jew, to Pastor Jepson, then to the Gentiles. <laughs> to better understand this verse, we need an overview of the book of Romans. No? So Paul, Paul's letter to the Romans, is the, the, Roman, the book of Romans, Paul's letter to the Romans, is one of the longest and most significant thing ever written by the man who was formerly known as Saul of Tarsus. And he started going by his Roman name, Paul. His name was not changed, but he has his Roman name. It's Paul. And he traveled all around the ancient Rome Empire, telling because Paul is a Rome, Roman, do that, Roman citizen, telling people about the recent King Jesus and 
for, uh, and forming his followers then into these new communities called churches. And Paul would occasionally write letters to these new churches, communities to help them foster their faith and answer some questions. The book of Romans is one of, is one of these. It is actually written quite late in his career. We know that from the book of Acts that the church in Rome was existed for some times and it was made up of Jewish and non-Jewish like we are the church. We have Jewish and non-Jewish. We are all Gentiles and Pastor Jepson, you know him. He's the Jew. So imagine, can you imagine how difficult for Paul to run this kind of church? No? But at that point, the Roman Emperor Claudius has expelled all the Jewish people from Rome. Then about five years later, and all those Jews, including Jesus following Jews, were allowed to return. Now they are going back to Rome. And when they did, they found a church. Listen, they found a church that had become very non-Jewish. Oh, there will be a debate <laughs> going on. A custom and practice. And this creates a lot of tension. So on that day, in Paul's day, the Roman church was divided. So people disagreed about how to follow Jesus. They were debating about whether non-Jews Christian should celebrate Sabbath or eat kosher or to be circumcised. So among you here, I'm not circumcised yet. Okay. <laughs> and so Paul wrote a letter to accomplish a few things. He wanted that this divided church to be united. So Paul writes his fullest explanation of the gospel. Now we will learn the gospel. The good news, the gospel is the? Tell your neighbor, the gospel is the? Good news. So Paul opens the introduction himself as an apostle. Appointed by God to spread the gospel about Jesus. He's the Messiah of Israel. Who was raised from dead as the son of God. King of the nation. And Jesus now calls all humanity to come under his loving rule. And Paul says this is good news about King Jesus. This is the good news. First of all, God's power to save people who trust him. And second, it reveals God's righteousness. Now, do you know what is righteousness? In the rich Old Testament, it describes God's character that he always does justice. What is right and what is good. But also that he is faithful 
and just to fulfill his promise. And Paul's saying that the story of Jesus shows how God done both of these. He shows all the Gentiles who among you here are Gentiles. Raise your hand. The Gentiles nation. So all the Gentiles world and, and nations have become trapped in spiral sin of selfishness. Sin and selfishness. And the human heart and mind become broken. Paul says, we've turned away from God. Embrace what? Idolatry. We embrace idolatry, which means finding intimate significance in created things. Where's my idolatry? Ah, that one. Idolatry. So you can find that there. Social media. Ego, me, Xbox. Uh, approval, me. Pride, sex, drugs, career, professions, control. What are the other things there? And more of me. Okay, which means the finding ultimate significance in creating things. And the giving ultimate allegiance to the things that are not God. The result of, of this is distortion of humanity and destruction of behavior. And so what left in humanity that stands guilt as charge before the just and righteous God. To which people of Israel, the Jews, says, well, it is good thing that then that God choose our people out from among the nation. He saved us from slavery in Egypt. He gave us the law of Torah like Sabbath, eating kosher and circumcision. And all this and this all together show us how to live as God's holy people. Then, you know what Paul says? Wait a minute. He recalls the storyline of the Torah and the rest of the Old Testament. Which shows that the Israel was just as sinful as idolatrous. And morally broken as the rest of community. So the Gentiles sin against God through idolatry. And also the Jews, the Israelites, same, same thing. Even though they are entrusted with God's word and the law and the Torah, they are as sinful as the rest of humanity. And Israel actually is more guilty than the Gentiles. Do you know why they are more guilty than, than the Gentiles? Because they have the Torah. They should know better. They should know better. So Paul concludes in this book 
that all humanity, Gentiles, Israelites are hopeless, trapped, and guilty before God. But that's not the end of the story as we know. The good news is that Jesus is about Jesus. Is he is the God response of God. All these things. Instead of holding humanity guilty, Jesus came to Israel as a Messiah to die in the behalf of all the people as a sacrifice for sin. As Jesus took himself, all that all of the just consequences of the pain. The sin, the death that we have caused the world and he overcame it by the resurrection of his death. What does this mean? Jesus become what we are so that we might become what he is. Again, Jesus become what we are so that we might become what he is. And all this, Paul says, it is how God justifies those who trust and have faith in Jesus. Now, what is justification? Justification. In, in, another, in another rich Old Testament term for, for Paul, and it's related to God's righteousness. It is literally means declaring righteousness because of what God did on our behalf. We are given a new status before God. What is our old status? Senior. Senior. Now we become righteous before God. God declares that a person in a right relationship with him is forgiven. So justification re results in a new family. You have a new family. The person who trusts Jesus is given a place among God's covenant people. Justification is also a result in a future. It begins a life journey. You know, there will be a transformation of one person because of God's grace. And so all these things about justification are God's gift. Justifications are God's gift for us, for those who put their faith in Christ. So in this chapter 4, in chapter 4, Paul leads us to explore a huge implication that all who have faith and trusted Jesus will become a part of God's covenant family. He goes back at the story of Genesis in chapter 15. Before the law of the Torah were given to Israel, Abraham was justified and declared righteous by God. Why? Why is Abraham was declared righteous before God? God promised Abraham, you know, he will become a father of a large multi-ethnic family that will receive God's blessing. But he and his wife Sarah were literally old people who had never 
been able to have children. Who among you here have got lolas and lolos? Namay lola, wala. Namay lolo. Can you imagine your lola and lolo will give birth, <laughs> will have children, 90 years old? But you know, Abraham has a radical faith in Christ promise. So God declared him as righteous. Paul says, now Abraham must become the father of the new covenant family and spreading around the world. It's made up of Jews and Gentiles. So let's pause and summarize Paul's main idea here in chapters 1 to 4. Because next Next Sunday, we'll be talking about the other verses, like chapter 5 to 8. So in chapter 1, Paul says, all humanity is hopelessly trapped in sin and needs to be rescued. In chapter 2, that the rescue, however, is not going to happen by people trying to obey the law of the Torah. In chapter 3, rather, God's righteousness character has moved to rescue the world through Jesus' death and resurrection. In chapter 2, 4, so that he could create a multi-ethnic family of Abraham-based faith in his own covenant people. What is our verse for today? Romans chapter 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed. Of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentiles. You know, Jesus came to earth as a baby, but did he stay as a cute baby? No, Jesus grows, becomes a mature person, and he preaches in our streets about the kingdom of God. Jesus died on the cross for our sins, meaning he paid the penalty of our sins. He was buried, of course, and he was resurrected on the third day. Paul writes some very uh, clear verses about the gospel in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 to 7. For what I receive, I pass unto you. As of most importance, that Christ died for our sins. First, what's Christ died for our sins. According to scripture. That he was, because he died, he was buried. That, that he was raised on the third day according to the scripture. He was buried, he was raised, meaning the tomb is Empty. The tomb is empty because he rose from the dead on the third day. And that it appears to save us. And then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at the same time. Most of whom are still living. And some have fallen asleep. Then appeared to James and all the apostles. When... Do you have your experience? How among you here have experienced sharing the gospel? 
you have experience, right, sharing the gospel. Many times, I believe, you know, if we share the gospel, we experience firsthand the power of God. That is why we need, there is this distinct joy. Have you experienced that? There's this distinct joy that we felt inside us when you share the gospel. This joy is different from the joy that world offers. The joy comes from the experiencing of God's transforming power. The gospel has the power to bring peace to God. You know, it is impossible for human to have peace with God. Because of what? Because of sin. We are separated from God. Because of the gospel of what Jesus did on the cross, we are justified. We're, we have peace with God. But the, my question for you, what this peace of God looks like? Can you imagine? What does it look like? You know, the story of the prodigal son, you are fam familiar, right? Who among you here? You know that there are two prodigal sons in the story of the prodigal son. Prodigal sons. <laughs> but the one we can really uh, relate is the one who ran away, who took everything. And the one that uh, stays, we can see he is a good person. But on that culture, the older brother responsible is to find that younger brother that runs away. But there is no searching. But anyway, our story of the prodigal son, he runs away from his father. He was separated and away from his father. When he decided to go back and his heart re has repented, he memorized the word that what word he was about to say, to tell to his dad. But you know what? When his father saw him coming back, his father ran to him. His father was so excited. And you know, was he able to tell the what? What he would like to tell to his dad. Before he was able to tell his dad what he, he had planned. The father, you know, he just hugged him. Just kissed him. Before, when I saw in the, before the pandemic, there was this, uh, I think, I'm not sure if they are Jews. When they meet, it, they saw in the, they, they meet each other in the street. They kiss. For me, it was, oh, wow, it's weird. <laughs> but for them, it's natural. But now when I realize when I have children, no, I really love to kiss them, to hug them. You know? Now I realize this is what, what kind of love they are expressing. This kind of love, this father they love, brother they love. 
But of course, today, we have a pandemic. No, we cannot we have a beso beso of virtual. <laughs> virtual beso beso. So, this is the peace of God looks like. When we repent, no, God will demonstrate His love to us. When He saw His Son, He hugged the Son, He kissed, He gave Him a New clothes, new shoes. I think it's Nike. No, during our time, <laughs> you know, and to a party in a big, you know, uh, maybe in buy hotel, you know, eat all you can. So, wow, this really blow my mind. This really opens. Before, before I thought that. Our God is like our parents. That before they can forgive us, they will ask us clearly. Please clearly tell me that you are sorry. Say, I'm sorry, Mama. I'm sorry, Papa. <laughs> it's very strict. We need to say, I'm sorry for how many times? Also before, I thought that God is like our teacher. In school. We can be only be, be forgiven if we finish writing, I am sorry in the whiteboard or blackboard 100 times. I also thought that God is like a judge. You know, in the court with a big hammer, you are guilty. Bang. <laughs> no. But I believe. Today, even before, I believe that God is a loving God. When we come to Him, on our first step, going back to Him, He will run to us and hug us and kiss us. In Luke chapter 15, verse 7, it says, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing. You know what's rejoicing? There will be party. In heaven, you know, over one sinner who repents, over 99 righteous persons who do not need repentance. Jesus said in John 14 verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to Father except through me. This is the power of God. There is no other person. That can reunite us to the Father. Only Jesus Christ. So catch the gospel, my friend. Catch the gospel. What's our verse? Romans 6 verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to... Jews and then to the Gentiles. I would like to remind us that there is no disciple if none of us is sharing the gospel. We are talking about making disciples, making disciples, making, forget about making disciples if we are not sharing the gospel of God. No disciples, no growth. 
We will not even grow in our spiritual life. We will grow when we are making disciples. As personally, not just the church. We will grow. Today, I want you to think of someone that you can share this week. If you don't know how to share the gospel, you ask me, ask the leaders, ask Ate Grace. <laughs> She's very expert. Ask the leaders here. I have our materials also if you need some more materials. The very important is today, catch the gospel. Catch the gospel right now. <laughs> okay, please bow down your head and let us pray. Lord, Father, thank you for this wonderful day. Jesus, I pray for your Holy Spirit, Father God, to touch our hearts, God. Help us to, not just to listen to your word, God, but also one of the most important is to apply this word to our lives of God. Lord, I don't know, there are times that we don't feel, feel satisfied. There's something lacking in our, in our lives, so Father God. Even though we surrender our hearts to you, Father God, maybe this is the thing that we need to do Lead, Father God, in his time was our apostle. Apostle Paul had that understand going around the Roman Empire, sharing the good news, the gospel, sharing the resurrected Christ. Lord, I pray today that. Make, make our life, Lord, a significant God in your kingdom, Father God. Help us not to be useless in your kingdom, O God. We have all the knowledge. We have the gospel in our hearts, in our minds, Father God, Lord. Even if we are closing, if we are closing our eyes, we can still tell the gospel. Even if we are sleeping, we can tell the gospel, O God. But pray, I pray the Lord that your spirit will enable us wherever you bring us to our workplace to our school to our neighbors to people that needs the gospel of Father God Lord help us to God Holy Spirit Lord I pray you feel everyone of us right now Lord feel everyone with your spirit Lord thank you Lord Jesus Lord, feel each one in this room of Father God, Lord, with your Holy Spirit of Father God, Lord. Lord, use everyone in Jesus' name, O oh God. Right now, Father God, Lord, let your spirit flow, Father God, Lord. Remove the doubts, Father God, Lord. Remove the superstitious, Father God, Lord. Leave it, Lord, let there be faith, Lord, that will stand on the rock because you are the rock of our salvation, God. Lord, that you never be moved, oh Father God, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus, Lord, I pray. Let your spirit, oh Father God, 
touch everyone, Father God. You can reuse each one of us right now in this place, Father God, for the advancement of your kingdom, Father God. Lord, I pray even for the teens, Father God, you will use them as young as they are. Lord, the leaders, Father God, thank you, each one of us, God. Lord, thank you, Lord, for this for the opportunity that you have given us to partake of Father God, Lord, your mission, oh God, in this world to save the lost, oh God, to bring them in, in peace with the Father, oh God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to your name, God. We give you all the glory and honor, Father God.